Welcome to Empire Building, the podcast where we talk about building big businesses and even bigger lives. I'm your co-host, Seychelle Van Poole. And I'm Sarah Reynolds. And I'm Wendy Papazan. Today, we're going to talk about something that's really important to understand when you're not only working on your big business, but also your bigger life. Mm. Today, we're going to talk about how to do hard things better. Uh, we're talking about something called grit, tenacity, perseverance, resilience, all of those words sort of encompass what we're going to talk about today. And it's a little hard to define, but I believe it refers to someone's ability to deal with stress, stressful situations mm. or crises. I don't know, yeah. you guys, are you a roll with the punches kind of person or, or do you have a harder time with stress and life changes? You guys are pretty resilient. You're pretty gritty. Well, yeah, perseverance probably. is one of my core values uh, as, a, as a human being. I, I, I respect perseverance a lot and look, look to that. It makes me think of uh, Ryan Holiday said that uh, perseverance was Thomas Edison's superpower mm. because he failed mm -hmm. so many times at developing the light bulb yeah. and kept at it. And that was actually his superpower. Wasn't the invention, mm. was his persistence. Uh, because the truth is, is that Life is 10% what happens to us. That's right. And to, yeah, 10% what happens to you and 90% how you choose to react to it. And so how are you choosing to react to things that happen to us? We, we don't get to control what happens. We don't get to control what's around us. Mm -mm. We are, what we control is how we react to the things that happen. Yeah. Mm -hmm. the good, and the good news is, is it's something that you can actually get better at over time. Mm, you can right. grow your grit. It's not something that you're just born gritty or maybe you had a gritty childhood and then you become a gritty adult. You, you get to grow with your grit. I always think about um, the first time we ever had an air conditioning unit break on one of our rental properties. And literally, I think Jay and I talked about it all weekend nonstop. You know, mm -hmm. and, and you guys know people like that, mm -hmm. you know, something happens that feels minor and, and that was us. And of course now it's not even, it's nothing. Like I don't even mention mm -hmm. it when it happens. So. I think about too, like as you're growing into adulthood or as you're growing into adolescence and into adulthood too, your perspective gets bigger. And so the, like the things that in childhood could have broken us or been a problem, right? Like then become smaller because we gain bigger perspective and we gain bigger perspective. And so with growing our, our big businesses and our even bigger lives comes a bigger perspective, which makes those things like that probably, even though it's minor now, it probably felt like a really big thing then because your income looked different. You hadn't experienced it before. You had to go through it. And so like I think about that a lot with like child rearing or even like our our team members that were growing into, you know, more mature roles. Um, sometimes it feels like a, a real struggle and it's just because their perspective hasn't gone far enough yet to be able to to have the bigger perspective to look back and realize, oh, that actually, that was a lot smaller then, but it felt big at the time. So, so I love, love your comment on it can grow because it's so true. It absolutely can. It's so true. It made, it made me really pause and think uh, when you said that, Wendy, because I think, too, we go through seasons of grit with different things. Yeah. And I think right now my season is on grit with relationships. Uh, mm -hmm. And so having perseverance, having um, the the commitment to our people, to our relation, our key relationships in our mm -hmm. life, and how mm -hmm. as your life gets more complicated, you need more grit 
in terms of uh, relationships and people and having hard conversations and getting through hard together and how close you feel when you do that too. Mm. Um, But you go through different phases, right? Uh, Of that in terms of growth. So I love that. Yeah, Mm -hmm. so true. And sometimes it's health, you know, sometimes Mm. it's business, sometimes it's you know, a key relationship sometimes yes. it's mm-hmm. personal, you know, sometimes, sometimes it's your personal life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Love that. So smart. So how do love you guys that. get better at, uh, responding to hard things? Well, I mean, I think one easy, like the easiest first answer I would say to that, other than just throwing yourself into a lot of active failure all at once, which is one way to do it is to learn by others, right? Like learn from others. And so like a really impactful book for me was Angela uh, Duckworth's book, Grit, um, was really a helpful one. Um, and I think, Wendy, you had one that was a good one too by Kara Lawson called Handle Hard Better. That was, um, she's- I don't think, I don't think that's a book. That's her. I think we, we saw that, like Gary, Gary showed that one. Uh-huh. So she's the Duke women's basketball yeah, coach. She's, she's an incredible YouTube video, video yeah. where she talks about handling hard better. Yeah. yeah so she's, good. she's one of the winningest coaches, isn't she, in women's basketball? Like I think she has one yes. of the track records of being one of the like most amount of wins. Yeah, you, you can go ever. to YouTube. We'll put it. We'll put it in the show notes on how to handle hard better. Yeah, perfect. So good. I will put si- it in the show notes. Side note: Angela Duckworth is a friend of Jay's. What? Calls I have Angie. such. Okay, I have such a girl crush on her. I'm gonna and need to. We're meet on her. her Christmas card list. I need to meet her. I'm gonna put what? that in the show notes right now. <laughs> Wendy introduced her Christmas card was so cute. <laughs> I'm putting it in the show notes. Wendy well, don't, introduced. Don't get me. To she Angie. doesn't know who I am. Okay. Yeah. Jay. Well, because you listen every week, Jay, I need you to introduce me to your little friend, Angie, because I totally have a girl crush on her and I just need you to maybe not make it weird and creepy, but just casually introduce us so we can become In a besties. horrifying way, like what if Angela Duckworth has like a, like some kind of something set up. So every time her name is mentioned, she hears, hears it about and it. now she's <gasps> listening to this now. Yeah. Oh, that's good. So well, hi Angie. That literally welcome. would be appalling to me. No, no. Would it? Because I would, I could say this. I could say, welcome to our no, podcast. No, we don't want her to listen to We're fantastic. the grit episode. Yes. Are you kidding no, me? No, it's great. Because then we can get no, feedback and tips. No, this is mortifying. No, it's this great. Is mortifying. <laughs> <laughs> I love her book though. For mm. real. Love it. It is. It's awesome. It is really good. I literally recommended it to a friend like a week ago. There's a whole chapter on parenting too, Parenting with Grit, which I loved. I actually think the whole book is about that. It's like, Dear Seychelles, this is how you parent. Um, Fantastic. Another book that's great, it's called Resilience. It's the science of mastering life's greatest challenges. And it's by Stephen Southwick and um, Dennis Charney. Uh, And they came up with a list of the top things resilient people have in common which I thought was kind of cool. So um, those are some of the things we're going to be covering today. And this beautiful episode was curated by the amazing Wendy. So we got to give some shout out there for putting this together for you all. So yeah. Um, yeah. Well, it's really based on this this really good book. Mm-hmm. So I, I would suggest you check the book out. Yeah. So let's talk about how you um, attain grit, how you acquire it, how you build it. It's a muscle. Um, and so the first thing they talk about is balancing a positive outlook with a realistic view of the world. And, you know, data says that resilient people um, who survive the harshest harshest situations can balance positive outlooks with a realistic view of the world. And the story that came to mind for me, like most vividly is um, all of the POWs that were taken hostage during Vietnam. I mean, and there Mm. were several thousand of them. 
And when John McCain was interviewed and also when James Stockdale, who was a commander, were interviewed about why some people made it out and why some people didn't, they actually said one of the like most common things that happened between someone who survived and someone who didn't was a lot of the optimists uh, didn't survive and a lot of the realists did. Like out of the thousands of men and women taken hostage, 591 came home. So it's a very small percentage. Mm. Um, And they were held in these like tiny cells and they were tortured and beaten and starved. I mean, it was not great. Um, And they said, you know, it's it's easy. The optimists were the ones didn't come home um, because the optimists believed they were going to be home by Christmas. And then when that didn't happen, then it was going to be Easter. And then when that didn't happen, it was 4th of July and then Thanksgiving and then Christmas again. And I said, we all need hope, but not false hope. Um, You can't deny what's happening um, to make it easier to cope because when we delude ourselves, we stop being able to separate fantasy from reality, which becomes a big problem. And so he said those that were not living in reality um, were sent on this wild roller coaster of false hope and delusion only to come crashing down every time they were disappointed. And he said, you know, if instead we could wake up with reality of knowing at some point we'd like to get out, but this is today and today is today, um, then... Uh, we were less likely to die of a broken heart. So I thought for me, that was just Mm -hmm. a huge, you know, uh, example of, you know, what world are we living in? Is it it just um, straight optimism with no reality? Is it pessimism, right? Where are we we living? Um, And like, yeah, yeah, (laughs) and, you know, and like pessimists, realistic optimists uh, pay close attention to negative information that's relative or relevant to the challenges at hand they're up against. Um, but unlike pessimists, they don't remain focused on the negative. And so, you know, while this is happening, the pessimists accept the reality of their situation, but they quickly move through those stages of grief, denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and then acceptance. They move through those phases really fast, whereas the pessimists get held up in one of those. Um, and the uh, realists maintain the faith that they would prevail in the end, which you can't afford to lose, but they didn't confuse fantasy, fantasy with reality, which I thought was really interesting. And so Stockdale observed that the pessimists had the discipline to confront the most brutal facts of their current reality, but then move through it quickly into real, reality of what was going on. Um, and he also said the grittiest people know when to cut their losses and turn their attention to problems that they believe they can solve, which I thought was just awesome. Mm. Yeah. So, so smart. Yeah. So basically, if where you're a realist, you, you, you can solve the world's problems. So realist for well, the win. I know I know. Sarah's pretty skeptical. Yes. Seychelles, where do you fall on that? Out of a scale of uh, one to sort ten? Sort of skeptical slash paranoid is where I would put Sarah about things. <laughs> I'm out of yeah. a one to ten. I'm actually like a 0.5 on the optimism scale. Oh, mm-hmm. Wow. That's I present tough. I present doomsday in a uh, kind way, but you do m- my uh, my optimism score is actually like pretty black hat, um, and I think I think I probably move through pessimism to reality pretty quickly. That's probably been well, a muscle. Well, I'm pretty optimistic, but I also think I'm very, I, I consider myself a realist. Like yeah, I'm definitely not Polly, Pollyanna-ish. I Mm-mm. see the good side of things. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And, but I also see the reality of things too. So, and I yeah. live with someone who's pretty pessimistic and mm-hmm. some of my closest friends are pessimists. So I've just learned a lot from them through the years. Yeah. They've, they've constantly discouraged me and crushed <laughs> my soul you over down. time. So yeah, <laughs> actually, so I feel is, like I'm better for that. <laughs> this is interesting that you say that because I actually think I'm probably an optimist with people and their intentions, but I'm probably a pessimist yeah. with situations, which probably bridges me in reality. But I, I have, mm. I, I still find myself wanting to believe the best in people, sometimes to my detriment at times. Um, and so I have to I have to work to keep that in check when it comes to the optimism of humans and the intention behind them versus a situation I can be a lot more black and white with it or like, you know, realistic with it. Well, the good news, wherever you fall on the optimism, pessimism scale, you can become a fantastic empire builder. So wherever you fall is just fine. You have to understand though where your biases. Mm-hmm. And mm. in any situations, if you're highly optimistic, then you probably need to put on your black hat sometimes. You need to ask, like, what's the downside of it? And if you're highly skeptical, you probably need to ask, what's the upside of this? Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So just knowing who you are is everything. When I scheduled mm-hmm. a call with Jay um, about, we were needing help with something for her best life. So I scheduled a call with Jay. And Wendy, didn't you say he was like, what's Sarah's agenda of this call or something like that? And you were like, you were laughing about it. And I was like, oh, I'd be asking the same thing. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I'm totally Jay. Like, I'm like, what's your agenda here? Like, you know, like totally skeptical of, of what's happening. Oh yeah. Uh, I ask, for, if someone asks for a conversation, I'm like, I want the bullet points for what we're doing. Oh yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and it, it, it's both good and bad, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah. as Wendy it, said, it's neither, it is, it's neither. It just is what it is, mm-hmm. you know, it yeah. is what it is. Yeah. Yep. You can't pass or fail your personality. So. Mm-hmm. No. Well, the next thing you want to do is you really want to face your fear, right? This is one way to become grittier. Uh, and there's just only one way to deal with fear. First of all, you're only born with two fears. Okay. As a baby, first one is fear of falling and fear of loud noises. That's it. That's it. Those are the only two fears that that human beings are born with. Everything else is a learned behavior. And we learn plenty of them, you mm-hmm. know, especially as women. We mm-hmm. learn a lot of them. And uh, so the only way to, to, to face your fear is to face it head on. Um, most people would really even rather avoid controversy than than having an uncomfortable conversation. Mm-hmm. Oh, that was me. That's the, Absolutely, that, that was me. The, that's the, my late that's the reality of it, mm-hmm. which shows me people would rather be, um, they would rather be unhappy than uncomfortable. Yeah. Comfort mm-hmm. is the most important thing for human beings, which is, mm-hmm. which is crazy because if you can have an uncomfortable conversation, right? Often it's like kind of what Sarah said before, you can move through it. And you're actually better for it, right? So the only way to do it is just, you know, sigh, hitch up your big girl panties and just get on with it. That word, yeah, that, panties really gets me. I can't handle that word. Panties? As, as, yeah, as okay. long as we're having an what uncomfortable conversation. Un, undies, brooks. <laughs> undies. Undies. What's the, pull, pull up what your brooks. This? Brooks? Your brooks? Is that a Canadian word? Is that a know. Michigan word? I don't know. That's my Michigander coming out again. Is that How a, do you spell it? <laughs> No, you never heard the phrase like brune in the brune. It sounds British. It's like a no. It sounds Canadian. (laughs) Could be. It sounds like toque. It rhymes with toque. 
Kelly Fry, tell us, is this is this a Canadian word? <laughs> we need to hear from Shout you. Shout out to our Canadian friends. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I was talking to George about this uh this week because uh it's it's a hard it's been a hard week for me. Yeah. Uh, and I was having a woe is me moment uh with my husband, which I think we all have permission to mm-hmm. do that from from time to time, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And he said, you know. I've I've seen you talk a lot about the buff, buffaloes that charge the storm, and um, he said, "But you haven't talked about what cows do." Hmm. I was like, "What?" <laughs> um, and he goes, "You know, cows uh, run run from a storm, hmm. and then they're really tired when the storm hits because they've been running away from the storm." Hmm. Whereas mm. buffalo run through the storm, they get through mm. it faster. They face the storm, and then they're not as tired um, to navigate what's ahead next. And you know, he was just mm. telling me like, "You are a buffalo. Like you're gonna do. Like you are going to wait." George called you a buffalo. <laughs> yeah, that's it, not it nice. But did he mean it, it in a, a complimentary way? I mean, they also have lots of very buffalo. Buffalo, sexy, hot darling, buffalo. darling, darling, you're a buffalo. You're a buffalo, darling. You're a buffalo. <laughs> <laughs> the sexiest thing you've yes, ever said. Yes, uh, <laughs> yes. I, I mean, I, I have. For those that don't know, my husband is quite attractive black man with a British accent. And so when he <laughs> says you're a buffalo, it sounds very hot. You're just like, uh-huh. oh, yes, I am. <laughs> <laughs> so, but the point is, is that's what buffaloes do, right? They face, they mm-hmm. face their fears. They face the yeah. storm. They don't run from it. And I think uh, there's so much about grit in that. So just staring it dead on, fa- facing, mm-hmm. facing the storm, facing and the And the next time it's easier. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, because if you constantly avoid it, you constantly avoid it. You constantly yeah. avoid it. You never get good at it. And yeah. and yes. and moving through hard things. I mean, that's one of the things that Brene Brown teaches us in so much of Dare to Lead, which is like, hey, let's have a rumble, <clears throat> let's have a hard conversation, and then and then move through it and grow together yeah. as a team. Mm-hmm. You know, it's huge. One, I like. I have a yep. a very direct example of when you don't have the hard conversation, how that could um, backfire. And um, we have an agent who's one of our top performing agents on our team. And she is having a really rough quarter at the end of last year. I mean, our market's changing. It's a really rough quarter. And we could see the struggle happening. And um, we had a a really tough conversation around um, activity, right? And the things you can control and getting into that and getting ahead of not, you know, sitting and wallowing in the, the market's terrible, you know, the interest rates are up, you know, no one wants to buy, no one wants to sell, right? You could have all those excuses, but ultimately what we can control is our actions and our attitude. And so we had a pretty, you know, loving but fierce conversation around that. And then weekly would check in on the activity. And what happened was we talked about that this is probably going to take 90 days of this just kind of brutal, unthankful, activity to see the results of it. And so we had this conversation. September was when this lag started happening. October, we had the conversation. It took until February to start seeing results. And this agent had a dry spell until February when she put nine homes under contract. But if we hadn't had that conversation, A, she would have blown through her savings and we would have lost her out of the industry. Um, But Mm. number two, I think anxiety and depression would have reigned supreme 
And we would have robbed her of the ability to see the fruits of her labor and actually having an incredible March-April income, right? Because she's now got the momentum going in another 14 in the pipeline um, behind these nine. Um, But it took that grit in that thankless 90 days of just every day you got to show up and do the work um, to get to the other side of that. And, you know, I think about that as leaders of every time we miss an uncomfortable conversation, what we're doing is depositing a pebble. That's what Susan Scott talks about in Fierce Conversations, right? And every time you skip that conversation, you're depositing another pebble and another pebble. And if you miss too many of them, next thing you know, you've literally built a wall between you and that person that now Mm. you're having to break through instead of just picking up one pebble and walking off with it. So. So good. Yeah. So good. So yeah. good. So the the third um, thing for how to do hard things better, which um, I, I think this is my favorite, guys, uh, out of all the things. Oh, by the way, I'm not supposed to say guys. I just learned this. Mm-hmm. So guys is a very, very northern word. And we I say guys all the time, but apparently that's not appropriate. But the these my girls, <laughs> co-hosts. Um, <laughs> y'all, but, you get to say y'all. y'all. Start being y'all. a Texan. Y'all. <laughs> you all. Uh, but this is for sure my favorite. Uh, but have a purpose higher than yourself um, mm-hmm. to lean on. And, and this gets me through so many hard things is, is this, is looking ahead at the purpose, at the vision, um, knowing that if you give up, if you stop, if you don't get through hard, what you're going to miss in the future mm-hmm. um, really pushes me uh, to keep going so many times. Uh, and so if you keep your brain set on a, a on a purpose um, higher than yourself or a vision, long-term goals, um, it will always help you to keep keep going when others many times would give up, but keeping the higher purpose ahead of you. So love that. And then number four is you want to find support when you're doing hard things. Um, so the best example of that that I can cite recently is, you know, Sarah and I had this, this crazy fasting challenge where we didn't eat yes. for, what was it, like thir- 13 days? It we felt like times. like a hundred from an outsider's perspective. I it felt was like crazy. Was like forever. <laughs> we ate every we ate every three days. Yeah, I know. Poor you. You had to record with us. I know. Time. But we had this thread of other people that were doing it. And honestly, without that, I would have 100%, 100%. given up. A hundred percent given up. <laughs> yes. But literally, I committed myself to all those other insane ladies who were doing it with me. Y'all were nice. And not only did we finish, we finished with flying colors. Yes. Yeah, it was really great. So find support when, when things are doing hard. It's really, it's the absolute key. And then I read this little story from that book. Um, mm-hmm. It said that Ab- Admiral Robert Schumacher was a POW in Vietnam, and he was isolated from other captives and... Basically, he the only way he maintained his resolve was by tapping on the wall of his cell. Mm-hmm. And his fellow prisoners could hear it, and they would tap back. Mm-hmm. And that alone made them feel less alone. Isn't that a tiny thing? I mean, humans are hardwired for connection. That's why so many people have had mental health issues during COVID. Mm-hmm. I yes. mean, it's an epidemic. And that's it why is. 
you know, we got, we got out of the habit of connecting with people. All we do is doom scroll through social media. It's horrible. Mm-hmm. Um, we are hardwired for connection as human beings, whatever mm-hmm. that looks like, whether it's coffee, you know, parties, whatever, dinner with your family, um, just so, so important. So finding support is huge. I think too, the other thing we're observing with a, like a lot of our society and a lot of our friends are that just the act of work, like doing something as a vocation does not necessarily equate like a higher calling in itself. And so if you think about it, to me, some of my friends that have had the hardest time are the ones that identified their vocation or their profession as their identity instead of something greater than that. Because all of a sudden when that changed or their career changed or the market changed, that identity went right along with it. And so... Mm. um you know, really paying attention to where where are you placing your identity? Where are you placing your ego? Where are you placing your self-worth? Um, and being aware of like how that ties to your core values instead of into an activity, um, I think is a, is a big saving grace that I've observed for our friends that have done the best with grit and the ones that have done the worst with grit. That's been one that I've definitely seen play out more times than I would like to. Love that. Uh, well, the next one is <clears throat> have gritty role models. Um, I'm a huge fan of Ryan Holiday. I've said this a million times. And I was super mad when Jay didn't like basically set up a double date between yeah. he was and up with his that? wife and the two of us. Yeah, whatever. Um, whatever, Jay. Poor Jay. Um, he's hooking me up with Angie, but- you with Ryan. He doesn't <laughs> even know. He's getting, for Jay. he's getting pissed out and he doesn't even know, know it. <laughs> Well, and I, and I, and he talks a lot about stoicism and, um, and, and honestly, everybody in Minnesota, shout out to our Minnesota listeners. You guys are basically all stoics because, you know, you grow up, uh, in a place where it's often 40 degrees below zero. Mm. So I don't know about you guys, but that really? is, that's insane. Mm-hmm. And I can remember like my whole family is just stoic. I called my dad one day and we were just chatting for 15 minutes. And then 15 minutes into the phone conversation, he's like, oh yeah, by the way, your stepmom got her middle finger chopped off because of neuropathy. I was like, what? I was like, why have we been talking for 15 minutes? And, and he's <laughs> like, oh, it's with. fine. It's <laughs> fine. It's fine. Yeah. I'm like, okay. <laughs> you guys are insane up there. You guys are insane up there. Um, and then they talked about a study that was done. Um, cause you know, cause there's always these kids that that grow up in impoverished homes or they have abusive parents or somehow they grow up to be like healthy human beings. And they basically said in the study that if you have one healthy role model, right, whether it's uh, an aunt or maybe a teacher, right, a coach, someone in your community who was like a healthy, gritty role model for you, you can grow up gritty, right? Mm. So who are your role models, right, if you're struggling with that? Who are your role models out there? That's a, that. that's a great question. Yeah. And that comes together for uh, numbers, number six for me, especially, which is maintain physical fitness. Uh, and I just mm. got um, through a new personal record for me um, on workouts for February. So I had the most workouts ever in one month. Way to go. And it was so awesome, like, to celebrate that. Um, and honestly, it was because it was because of four and five on our list that got me through it. I had uh, more support um, 
our Empower Home got together and really supported physical activity in February. And then um, I have so many gritty role models when it comes to physical health. But physical health, mm-hmm. maintaining your physical health will help you uh, get through hard times better. There's no mm-hmm. question about it. Honestly, I told my coach this morning, I said it was a, it was like a dooms coaching call about all this that's going on in terms of I need yeah. help with. And then I said, on the positive note, I'm killing it with my physical health. And then, and I told him, I said, I could not get through what I'm going through yes. right now if it weren't for where my health is. Yeah, I cannot absolutely. imagine. Um, and that's so you my can, first domino. Yes. You can mm-hmm. absolutely get through hard better um, when you take care of your physical health. I mean, I, I look mm-hmm. at you, Wendy, who you just had your hip, hip replaced and, um, you know, you're, you're moving around, uh, so, so well, and it a hundred percent has to do with your physical health before the surgery. Yeah. Um, that's helping you get through this part better. Um, and mm-hmm. so taking care of our bodies is so, so important to getting through hard things better. Mm-hmm. I love, love that. that. That is awesome. And the last one is what ties it all together with a bow, which is finding meaning in what you do. Resilient people, like we said earlier, don't have jobs. They have callings. And so really thinking about what your mission is, right? All these gritty people have a mission and a purpose in life that gives meaning to what they do. So when times are hard, you feel a greater purpose is behind you, pushing you forward. Um, and, you know, I think about, I'm I'm in the middle of kind of redefining what mine is right now, if I'm being honest, Um, for, you know, 23 years, the grit and ability was to provide for my family, to make sure my parents were taken care of. And the amazing part is we've seen that through. Um, and you know, it was like our market would hit hard times. I'm like, that's okay. We're going to figure it out because we're going to provide. And so I'm in the middle of really redefining what that looks like in my own world. If I'm just, you know, with you all being candid, um, and that mission for 23 years was an awesome one. It kept me really fueled and and moving in that direction. So I'm excited to get to define that in a different way and maybe make it more personal for for me and what we get to do for our team this time. Um, but it it absolutely helped me persevere. So I'm I'm in re, I'm in mode of redefining that. mine. And if you're you're defining yours right now, you don't have to know what it is immediately. You can be in the process of it. And we give you permission to be in that too. But it, I can tell you it is a worthy pursuit. And when you do find what it is, it it absolutely um, is a gift that can fuel you for sure. I love that. I can't wait to see what comes out of your search for meaning. I know. Me too. Me too. Yeah, it's going to be really exciting. Well, you, well, guys, today was great. I love the topic of grit. Uh, so if you guys are struggling with your grit a little bit, like you feel like you want to become a little grittier, I would I would suggest that you go back and listen to this podcast and uh, pick one. Pick mm-hmm. one of the seven mm-hmm. that you want to work on, right? Love that. Uh, choose, choose your first domino, uh, whether it's fostering optim- optimism, right? Become a... Um, become more of a realist, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, versus a purely optimist, uh, whether it's facing your fears, maybe there's a hard conversation you need to have in your life. Uh, maybe it's work on your spirituality. Think about mm-hmm. your higher higher purpose, right? What is your, you know, are you here on earth as a spiritual being having a physical experience or mm-hmm. are you just a, just a hunk of meat moving mm-hmm. around the day? Um, give support, give and receive social support. Maybe you, maybe you can ask somebody for help. Maybe you can reach out and support someone. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe there's a gritty role model out for you, you there for you that you need to read. Maybe you need to read an, uh, an autobiography of somebody who's overcome something. Mm-hmm. Um, physical fitness is for everyone. Okay, yes, if you guys, everyone. if you guys want to build a big, a big empire and a big life, this has to be your first domino. Yep. 
you know, otherwise you end up basically dead of a heart attack. That's mm-hmm. it. So, you know, there's stress isn't bad. Stress management without physical exercise is a recipe for death. Um, and then have meaning, right? Don't just do a job, have a calling and a purpose. And sometimes that needs to change as you move mm-hmm. through life, right? Yep. And, and and invariably it will. Um, you know, as I move into my 50s, um, I just have a different outlook on life. And that's totally natural than somebody who's in their 20s. That's right. Um, so yeah, so make sure guys that uh, you continue to foster grit. If, if I had to say there's one single thing that you could do to make yourself more successful in every aspect of your life, it would be to work on your grit. So make sure you do that to go out and live a big life and also have a wonderful, incredible business. Bye guys. Bye. Bye.